Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Good evening, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. Greg, Rui, happy, <laughs> happy Tuesday. How are you? Yeah, it's all right. It's quite warm, but it's wet at the same time. Oh, it's cold up here today. Is it? It's really warm today. Had the aircon on in the car. And... But I did see something very strange earlier. Um, mm -hmm. Where I um, live, right by Bryce, as you know, Bryce Norton uh, RAF base, and I was walking the dogs, walking back from like this sort of football pitch area, and it's not unusual to see cargo planes like the A400M and those, I don't know yeah. the names of the others, but those those ones, <clears throat> those sort of standard military carrier plane. Anyway, normally there's a flight path, and they norm they, they either come in from one end of Bryce or they come in sort of over my house sort of way in the other direction so and basically i looked down and i saw a plane which was cool but it was going at some speed and it was it looked to me from the where i the angle i was at it looked like it was about 20 foot off the top of the houses it was super low which is quite unusual for them to be that low um and it was going mm -hmm. a completely different direction like um, a tangent to the normal ones and it started turning and then I, I must have looked down at one of the dogs looked back and I couldn't see it and I was thinking oh my god I wonder if that's gone down and I was waiting for plumes of smoke or or a crash didn't come never saw the plane again I don't know what that was all about there's loads of planes circling which there normally is and it could have been one of the ones that I saw a few minutes later but I've no idea, but to see it go in, in a particular direction, sort of at an absolute 90 degree angle to where they normally go, it was um, it was a bit strange to see. So it stuck in my head for that reason, and then I just walked home and haven't thought about it since. Weird. That's a bit weird. Yeah, and I mean, it's not unusual to see a plane that low in in my area, but... In that direction, that's a very unusual direction. And I know that they have certain limits on where they can fly and how low they can fly. But, yeah, so that was quite a weird one. And I was just waiting for this plume of smoke to go up. So I don't know why I was thinking that, but it just looked so low and so fast. It was going fast. Um, yeah. I haven't heard anything on the news or anything. Nothing from the local housing estate um, <laughs> Facebook page saying, whoever's playing that is in the back garden, can you come and get it, please? And if it does crash, it's like, so inconsiderate. We have to close our windows and take our washing in because there's flames yeah. in the sky. I love this. It's funny. I've got a story about that. Our next-door neighbours moved in like around the time we did, and we were chatting to them one day. And they were like, can you hear that buzzing noise all the time? I'm like, what? She goes, yeah, there's like a, a humming noise all the time or on and off throughout the day as well. And it's the fans of the the, the planes and everything at Bryce Norton. And we we're a few miles away, but obviously it's still <laughs> loud. I was like, yeah, yeah, you'll hear that all the time. She's like, oh, didn't know that. 
It's like <laughs> you wait till you see the planes come flying over then. That'll be a marvel to hear. But they um it's surprising how quick you get used to the sounds. I didn't even hear the planes anymore. But mm. Yeah, my, my partner grew up in Rubenshaw, like literally on the boundary fence to Manchester Airport. Okay, like, literally cool. right next to it. And the how and the planes there, it's literally just above the houses, the it's houses so cool. shake and everything. Like I say, just get used to, yeah, just get used to it. It's just background noise once you yeah lived there so long. It's the, the especially the good ones. You can tell when there's a different type of plane coming in to Bryce Norton. You can tell the sound difference, which is weird. Get you so used to this drone of a, a certain type of plane that the B fifty two bombers came over. Over the weekend, like a big V-winged plane, like nice. and they they like a high pitched screeching sound as they go over. And then we had the jets. I showed, I sent you the video. The jets refueling over Whitney. That was quite cool. Um, it's Fairford Air Air yeah. Tattoo, which is literally yeah. just down the road from us. So anyway, right. that's enough about my plane spotting. That's <laughs> very nice very lucky to live. Yeah. Yeah, and it's surprising how people who don't live near an airbase or whatever, because it's very active at Bryce, obviously, at the moment as well. And, um, yeah, you don't really hear it. You don't Mm. hear it. It's weird. It's weird. But I've always got my eyes open. (laughs) Anyway. So what are we going to be talking about tonight? So over the last couple of weeks, we've... um, We've been sending some links to each other about sort of strange stuff that comes up on the news headlines, mm. and we thought we'd have a bit of a a strange news episode, a weird news, um, because there's a lot going to be happening over the, the coming weeks yeah. uh, in the UFO world. Um, so well, there's quite a lot of, um, I don't want to say serious, but like... Mm. Probably, probably is the right word. Um, yeah. So some of the episodes we've got lined up, we're going to be quite in depth, quite um, maybe technical, going into detail about some of this stuff that's coming up. So it's going to be more of a bit of a light-hearted. Uh, have a look at some real stories um, that have been yeah. reported recently, uh, just to get us ready for what what what's to come. And this is like sort of like a, a weird news roundup thing but we had something weird happen ourselves on Sunday a bit of a weird coincidence yeah we did and it wasn't (laughs) and anybody who saw the post on Facebook shortly afterwards probably is going that's bullshit (laughs) go on then explain what happened so we recently relaunched the, the Patreon or launched the Patreon and we were recording some bonus episodes so with patreon uh, we don't we talk too much about our patreon but no we have sort of extra content on there so nothing so we still do all the normal shows we do on on here um on the patreon we do sort of extended episodes bonus content and some bonus episodes and t- sometimes talking about stuff that we don't usually cover in the normal episodes so on sunday we started doing an episode about conspiracy theories yeah and we had jeremiah dorf from what they're wrong podcast joined us and the first topic we were talking about was the moon landings the conspiracies the claim it's a hoax we went through all the evidence for and against each of the topics 
fun episode that's out now on Patreon. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Pursuit the Paranormal Podcast if you want to go listen to that uh, and support us as well while you're there. There is a 10 minute preview as well for everybody to yep. have a listen to if you're not a member just to see what kind of stuff we talk about. Yeah, for the full one hour, 15 episode, whatever it is. Plus, the other, there's already quite a lot of, quite a bit of exclusive content on there already. Um, yeah. So, we did the episode, recorded it, edited it, published it. Didn't make anything about it. It's just we're talking about the moon landing hoaxes. And then I was just later on, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm sure it was like, I knew, I was like, it was July we went to the moon. So I wonder what, wonder what date it was the first time we went. And the day the, well, wasn't the day we landed, it's the day we took off to get to the moon. They had Apollo 11 launched. It was that exact day. That's <laughs> mad, the day we were talking about it. I sent yeah. it to Greg, that screenshot of the thing. I was like, did you know this was today? Yeah, I know. Like, nope. Didn't have a clue. We were, we were going to talk. It was one of many topics we were going to talk of that day, but we ended up speaking the whole time. And uh, yeah, neither, none of us, n- none of the three of us, made any connection to the fact we don't even mention it on the podcast no. episode. Nothing about it until afterwards. It's like what? That's very that just like a day we were all free. Day where Jeremiah was free. Yeah, and just recorded it, published it. Yeah, and just happened to be the day that. Yeah, <laughs> so about the exact day that the the rockets. The Apollo eleven took off to go to the moon, and we were talking about um, rockets exploding on the launch pad and all sorts. We still didn't. Mm. Yeah, just a bit weird. So that was sixteenth of July, nineteen sixty nine. So I will, I will remember that now going forward. In in fact, during the episode, Mm. we were talking about coincidences, (laughs) and we were talking about how to have something that has so many coincidences. It yep. can't be coincidence anymore. Like it's gotta be like it can't can't be coincidences. Then that was a big coincidence that yeah. we we recorded and published the episode on, on, on that day. Just just very randomly. Yeah. And when Ash was like, Did you did you plan this? I was like, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> didn't have a clue. Didn't have, I didn't even know it was in July to be fair. I'll be completely honest, I had no idea, no clue. Um, so it was only here, like July 1969. I was like, I yeah. wonder what date it was. And then, yeah, it was the day. I was Googling <laughs> what day was it was. And it's like, yeah, today, July 18th. Uh, yeah, it's insane. I can't believe that. Still, it's wild, wild. So, anyway. Anyway, that's what I'd start with. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, join us on Patreon. You can get the link from our page and our story and all that kind of stuff. All the good stuff. You can, you don't even need to, you can start off on the lowest tier and you'll get um, early access stuff. And then the higher up you go, the more stuff you get. So actually, a big shout out to some people on the podcast that are part of the Patreon so far. We'll, we'll drip feed the names so we don't just spurt off everybody's names at once. Yeah. But a big shout to, to Nick forever joining us yep. on all different platforms. Nick, you're a legend. He is. He is. You are. Yeah. It'd be good to see you again in October for the Minicom. Yep, definitely. As long as yeah. everybody's got talk, got tickets. So, <clears throat> do I need to get a ticket? 
The union's got to kick in. Mm. Hmm, not decided yet. I might, shall, I, shall I charge you for a table? No. <laughs> so I'm charging myself anyway. <laughs> if I did do that. No, um, you don't pay, Greg. See, we, I, I've done it on the podcast, so can't be edited out or anything like that. Or you'll just edit it and go, yes, you have to pay. Um, so big shout out to Nick. Hopefully see you again there, Nick. Um, Mike Earl. Power Mike. Power Mike on socials. Also suggesting that if he comes on any of the exclusive episodes that he gets some kind of uh, kickback from from the money he's putting <laughs> in. A cut. A cut. So, yeah, cheers, Mike. And... <laughs> We've got we've got Kelly. Thank you, Kelly, for supporting the show as always. Staunch. I'll tell you what. One thing we haven't done for a while. Mm. If people really wanted to support the show, they don't have to subscribe. It, obviously, it's brilliant if people do, and yep. we it's love appreciated. That. It is much appreciated. Um, you can share the show. That'd be really cool. Invite all your friends to the Facebook page. That would be group. really cool on the group, on the Facebook page. Um, so we've got nearly a couple of thousand followers on the Facebook page. On Instagram, we've got over a thousand followers. So try if the, the the smallest amount really helps us. Sharing stuff really helps us. Um, mm. And also, if you're on the podcast apps, you, we've got thirty odd feedbacks on Spotify. Um, and we're at like 4.5 out of 5. So I'd say we're doing pretty good there. But Apple Podcasts, we haven't had a review for ages. And it, that really helps us go up the rankings. We get um, like a chartable digest update on a daily or every few days. And we we can see where we're charting around places. And for example, one came through this evening, actually, Ash. And it said, I'll find it now. Where's that? Where's that? Where's that? That'll be. I don't even know anymore. Uh, here we go. Right. So we're in 15 different charts around the world. Nice. Currently. And. One of our popular episodes at the moment is the exobiospheric organisms. Yeah. The alien bodies crash retrieval. That is currently, or certainly was when they sent the email, we were number 27 in the social sciences in the Netherlands. Uh, we're currently, haunted pub crawl stuff is number 30 in Belgium, Apple Podcasts. So the United States is a tougher one to crack, but... We're, we're up there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So if anybody can write a review, even if you give us a one-star review, it doesn't matter because we'll slate you on a future podcast episode like we've done on previous guests. Yeah. But it all helps algorithms. And unfortunately, social media is all about algorithms. So if you can invite people, share stuff, that really. And that's free. Yeah, that's free. And like I said, non-Patreon subscribers or people who don't subscribe to Patreon will still get the normal episodes for free. You just get that a little bit more. True that. Whew. 
we haven't done sort of a push on all that kind of stuff for a while. So <laughs> yeah, sorry, where sorry. All that came from. I know. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> you probably just <laughs> skipped through. It, so if you've got to this point, you've missed all the quiz show. If you've just skipped through everything like that. <laughs> so weird news, Ash. Yeah. Okay. So I actually, because obviously I sent you a lot of the links that I'd found. Yep. And I wanted to first not cover any of these off straight away. Okay. It's one that you sent me the other day. Yep. Um, and I think my immediate reply to it was, what a lot of shite. Um, Probably. <laughs> it's on a website called UAP Max. Yep. And this guy, or whoever it is, there's no like names, just says by editor chief. So a bit of a weird name, that's his real name. Yeah. Um, and basically saying that President Biden has met aliens. They're here. I remember that one. <laughs> They're not friendly. And then I saw it first when you sent it to me. I was just like, what a lot of shite. Yeah. And then I've seen it on Twitter since. People talking about it on Twitter. Oh, okay. Um, I think there's even a, a Twitter account for UAP Max, I think. It might have been where I got some of it. Um, yes, that guy is claiming that his sources have told him that President Biden has met aliens. And that is going to be disclosed soon. That they're here. Yeah. Yeah. So, like you say, you put absolute shite. <laughs> Anonymous sources. <laughs> Again. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw it and I thought, I know who's going to like this one. <laughs> um. I think I put LOL, thought you would like it. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not when you put that. I was being sarcastic. Good. Yeah. Because I know I know how you react to UAP stories, and this was right at the top. He's commander-in-chief, isn't he, Biden? So he's head of the U.S. Armed Forces, um, which is scary when you see how he behaves in public. But so you you thinking the story's not true? Well, so some of this, a lot of it has very similar tones about always being here. Yeah. And apparently we we refer to them as Gansey. So they are aliens that are on our planet. We're from another part of the galaxy. Yeah. Um and the facts about Gansey are they are not friendly, but are not necessarily Malevolent either, unless okay. you get in our way. Fair enough. Uh, we know Earth is a waypoint for something bigger, but we'd never known what that is. The Gansey deal with us because they're not here to colonize and have a directive to leave us alone unless we mess with their goals. Okay. They create only technology that is used in our oceans, skies, and atmosphere that can be created from Earth's elements from technological methods we don't understand. They are able to manipulate matter in ways that we cannot. Okay. Uh, the Earth is important to them, but humanity is not. So they don't care about us. They only care about the planet. Mm -hmm. They do not like us playing with nuclear power in a weaponized form. Um, any attempt to use nukes will be met with a total and complete shutdown of human society. Again, the Earth is important. The little bugs on the surface 
are not. Okay. If we mess with what they're doing, we will cease to exist. We do not know what they are doing, but they've been doing it for a very long time. The reason they lose probes and even manned vehicles, i.e. crashed ships or whatever you want to call them, is because they're unable to use technology past a couple hundred years out of our out of our timeline. So I don't know who polices that. But that's why they crash apparently, because they're using technology beyond our timeline. Uh, okay. They can manipulate DNA, increase lifespan indefinitely, cure or prevent any disease, and the beings themselves are able to transfer consciousness from one body to another. There's a supposition that they can do this to humans. They have experimented on us, and we don't know why. They would not hesitate to kill humans if it suits them. Uh, life is all around us. These beings are able to manipulate high dimensions. They can be anywhere at any time in any place they want to be. They could be right next to us as we're speaking. Um, they have no desire to interact with humans. Again, if we'd all died or fell off the earth, they wouldn't be bothered. They're going to be here, and if we play with anything that would cause global harm, that would co- cause Earth to become unusable, then you won't hesitate to stop us without any care whatsoever. This is why they have told the governments that should they attempt large-scale nuclear conflict, things will not go well. And they have shared some information out of necessity. Guys, say some of that's quite creative. Um, yeah. Some of it's rehashed old stuff that yes. whoever has pulled this out from. Is it's rewording a lot of things. Like people always say about the the um, UAPs have been spotted over nuclear installations. That's that's quite a common thing. So that's sort of that one. The fact that they don't care about us, but they're not harmful to us. So kind of yeah, but kind of they just ignore us, kind of thing. Mm. It always kind of makes sense. But. It does. And he ends the article uh, that as long as the this congressional hearing that's coming up next week. Yep. occurs, everything he has said here will be revealed on the world stage in colour, in documents and on video. So he's basically saying that next week, everything he's just said will be proven. Hmm. So when it doesn't, what's he going to, where's he going to like gonna most, go from there? Like most of Twitter predictions and it doesn't quite happen. And then the very, hmm. very last line is it continued to post articles Sign up for an account and he'll send you a note. Oh. So maybe we should. Nah. <laughs> like data mining. <laughs> it's interesting because he also puts on about he mentions David Grush on there. <clears throat> um he says at the end of the day, I know what you know. I will get to that shortly too as well. To David Grush, you have the biggest set of balls I've ever seen. You took disclosure ahead probably 20 years or more. You forced the hands of the power elite and rank-and-file government reps and made them take stock. You got under the umbrella itching to speak up the courage and fortitude to stop, start dropping the UFO secrets and the fact we are not alone. Well, I don't know if I agree with bringing it forward 20 years because we, we've been on a bit of a path this last couple of years anyway, haven't we? So Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, yeah. Shite. but we shall see if all this comes true. Now it'll eat my words because <laughs> the world will change. If, but yeah, you see a lot of people on Twitter talking about these, this next round of hearings and all the stuff that's coming out about government legislation about um, basically releasing loads of documents and. Just seems just a bit that's a bit wild for sure because it's one thing to admit that there's strange things in the sky which they they have done now these things are there's weird things in the sky and we've got these task force it's another thing to say that these they don't like there's no respect for us that they they take us abductions and and some of the stories you hear i mean that's a whole nother thing from saying that these weird lights in the sky and these spheres around the world these little balls and these orbs to go in to fall everything I... well <laughs> yeah so that's that's that i guess yeah we shall yeah. see we'll put a, a, a line under that until next wednesday i guess when the hearings are due to take place Sounds good. Sounds good. And where Ash mentioned about all the serious stuff coming up in the next few episodes, the hearings are are part of that, along with some other bits. So, yeah, and we'll be out Thursday or Friday with our breakdown of the hearings with yes. our good friend Dave Smithers. Yes, can't wait. Dave is a legend to talk to. He really is. <laughs> Love it. Right. So I sent you another link as well. Mm. And the headline <clears throat> is Loch Ness Monster Hunter wins lottery after capturing video of obvious creature. Now, this was posted on MSN News. So take of that what you will. And there is a video from the 4th of July uh, around 8 a.m of something in a body of water um, moving. There is a boat or something that goes past it. Mm. Um, to say it's obviously a creature and a monster and is a bit of a stretch, I'll be honest, because you don't actually see it. Um, and you, But you do see ripples as though something is breaking the tension of the surface of the water. Um so he goes, a Nessie hunter said he's won the lottery when he caught footage appearing to show the mythical monster stalking a boat in its lock home. I'm not sure how to pronounce his first name or his last name, to be completely honest. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a name and a half. Yeah. Um, I would say it's Eon, Ian, Ian, Ophedigan. I think it's Owen. Owen. Yeah, there probably would be Owen, wouldn't it? Owen Ophedigan. Spotted a mysterious presence on Tuesday whilst watching the water online, like you do. So this is off one of those sort of like webcams yeah. around the world that you can watch. Uh, the footage shows something emerging from the lock and moving a short distance north before it dived back down as the boat approached. The hump then follows the boat north for two minutes before it breaks away, moves to the centre of the lock and disappears. A few seconds later, it resurfaces near the boat, revealing what Owen described as the definite definite black shape of a hump. 
Four-minute sighting was recorded at Shore Lodge Lodges near Fort Augustus on the lot's southern shore where Visit Inverness Loch Ness maintains a webcam. Now, I've watched the video mm. and weirdly the video is only a minute long. Well, yeah, yeah but for four minutes but, he's watching yeah. it for. And it is um, right near to that boat. Um, so you think... The is boat. it near to the boat though? Because the angle it's at, it's quite difficult to see. Yeah, there. I guess there's not much perspective to yeah. gauge for sure. But it passes by, like sort of in the background behind. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, is it the same? This the same person? Because we did the live stream where we had a Nessie sighting, mm. very similar. So it's not yeah. the same one. It was different. No, one. Was different. No, events? different one. Because this is the fourth of July, so this is the last couple of weeks. Was it the same guy though? Can you remember his name? Um, I don't think he is the same. I, no, I don't remember that yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, I can say I don't remember the, that name. Um, he does say uh, this picture belongs in any exhibition to do a Loch Ness monster. Uh, it's quite large and throwing up a lot of water, and its wake is nearly as big as the boat. Fifteen or twenty feet would not be an over exaggeration. I immediately knew when it first emerged and began to move that it's no large fish. Fish do not have wakes. Maybe when they die, they do. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. That was terrible. But weirdly, this year marks the 90th anniversary of the famous sighting by Audi McKay in 1933, um, which cat- catapulted Loch Ness into the hearts and minds of the world. Last month, a tourist visiting Loch Ness claimed he'd spotted a mysterious 65-foot-long shape moving through the water. Etienne Camel was visiting the famous lake with his wife, Elaine. That's the one that we spoke about, I believe. I can't remember. No. I mean, it's a little bit interesting. Um, He says he's won the lottery with this footage. I mean, I get I would rather win the lottery than have this footage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, to be honest, yeah, I mean, it shows something in the water. You think the people on the like, would not, like, the boat could be near it. Would they have noticed something because it comes up like back up towards the boat? Yeah, because a lot of people do watch these webcams and spend hours and hours, yeah, watching the Loch Ness. I mean, I've done it myself, um, <laughs> watching webcams of the Loch Ness over the years, trying to trying yeah. to see something. And usually, the footage is that bad and grainy that. Even if you saw something, you wouldn't see yeah. anything. And then, I mean, when I was used to watch it, I didn't have anything to like record it with anyway. So I think it's just a live stream. I don't think it's recorded anywhere. So I was like, oh, I saw something. Well, I can't prove it or even show anyone because it's gone now. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it's something. I think that's always going to be one of them ending. Because like I say 90 years. Yeah. It's, it's now been like, a thing. And I, I, lo- I love Loch Ness. I love it's a very, it's, it's, it's a, a captivating and sort of enchanting story, isn't it? So. Yeah, and it's real famous. Like lots of different countries talk about, like their Loch Ness monster and mm-hmm. all stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I plan to go up again this year. Hopefully, at some point. Yeah, holiday Scotland, holiday to Scotland, and taking nice. Loch Ness up in Vanessa. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, my opinions on this. Winning the lottery is quite a big stretch as to excitement. It, like you say, he's definitely caught something, but in my eyes, because you can't tell what it is, 
all the size of it really is it's ripples on a lake it's yeah that's essentially it ripples on a lake it's like lights in the sky like yeah you can't really tell what it is and on its own it's not really yeah anything someone else was there and like saw something and then he was also on the webcam saw by somebody else then yeah you'd start to have something but with just that it's yeah it's fairly useless yeah Cool. So that's a Loch Ness that's been in the news the last couple of weeks. <laughs> and moving on, so we've had UFOs, we've had <laughs> a, a lake monster. Let's move on to ghosts for Ooh. briefly, I guess, with uh, this story. <laughs> and this was on Sky.com yesterday on Sky News. And the headline, I mean, the headline kind of says it all, to be honest. <laughs> But the headline is Singer divorces devilishly handsome ghost of a Victorian soldier after less than a year. So it's quite a lot to unpack just in the headline. (laughs) I'm just in the next line of where this person's from. I was going to mention that one. (laughs) Fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so Brocardi, a songwriter and performer from Near to Greg. In Oxfordshire, they said the spirit became increasingly possessive after their wedding and switched between being warm and intense and threatening. So to break that down, reading this story for the first time pretty much, he got married a year ago to a ghost. As you do. And now she's divorced the the ghost of a Victorian soldier. I... I mean, where do you start with it all? I mean, first... how, how do you even get married to a ghost? Well, she met him, the ghost, <laughs> who goes by the name of Eduardo, mm-hmm. when he burst into her bedroom one dark and stormy night. <laughs> Their spirited love affair hit the headlines when Brocardi announced that they were to marry in a chapel on Halloween last year. Oh, shit. I've just... Yeah, go on. I'll have to give you some more info in a minute. <laughs> do, do you know her? <laughs> no. No, I don't. She posted a video of the ceremony on Instagram where she was seen wearing all black with an empty space where Invisible Eduardo was said to have been standing. However, I try not to laugh here because shortly after they married, Brocardi said she was angry that her husband got too drunk on their honeymoon. In Barry <laughs> Island in Wales. Barry Island. Okay, now. So, <clears throat> I've just done a quick Google search for where in Oxfordshire, because obviously Oxfordshire is a fairly big place. Mm. Uh, Whitney. Is she actually from Whitney? <laughs> Apparently so. So, um, yeah. 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 Uh, Brocarde, real name Elena Salter, is not ignoring the pandemic. This is some story from a couple of years ago. She tackled it head on, releasing her hard-hitting COVID referencing Christmas song, waiting for January, recorded at home in Whitney. The fuck? I don't recognise her. Okay, now. So I guess the cynical side of me, beyond the trying not to take them making a little bit um she is a performer a singer she's got hundreds of thousands of followers 
on yeah. social media, and yeah. it just me it just shouts publicity. Yeah, bit of a story that's obviously made the headlines in national newspapers, local media. Um, it's probably just got a more more followers. Yeah. Further down on that story, Ash, there is an Instagram post with a video showing a Brocade and Eduardo the wedding and the vows. The full videos on YouTube, apparently. Wow. I d- so yes. Yeah, so, so what? So, uh, yeah. So they, uh, it's quite sad news that they've split up. Obviously. Last um, or <laughs> I've just read a bit more of this story, and I don't mean to laugh by it because somebody's obviously finding it quite serious. Bacardi claims a soldier's crush on Marilyn Monroe. She was at the wedding. Maybe she has got connections in the spirit celebrity world. <laughs> she claims the soldier would disappear for days before returning, smelling of Chanel Number no. Five, the fragrance which had been Monroe's favourite perfume. <laughs> The singer claimed setting boundaries infuriated Eduardo and he allegedly started to haunt her with the sound of a screaming baby. (laughs) She said she returned to the chapel where they married in order to exorcise him from her mind. She announced the split in her song, Just Another Anthem. So, yeah, a tragic love story of a cheating ghost husband I mean someone's gonna cheat on you I mean Marilyn Monroe like would you give him a pass just cause like you know what I mean <laughs> I know what you mean I don't know that's a bit of a then you have like your celebrity list like five people you're allowed to if you had the chance to it's always like the hot celebrities and stuff I don't know if Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe, Monroe if it's I mean depends how I mean, I'm not sure how she was when she died but if she was young she was fairly young, yeah. Because so there are theories, because she died of an overdose, I believe. Oh, I probably just massacred that. Um, <laughs> Another name, she, I don't we know anything about it. Yeah, she, my understanding was as well that we talked about JFK, um, or have spoken about JFK and the UFO sort of thing. Apparently, she was going to she knew more about UFOs as well than. They allowed her to say. Ah, it is all connected. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not it's true, I don't know. But... So, interesting one. That's, it's always sad to see a breakup, but it sounds like irreconcilable differences. Mm, for sure. <laughs> so my next one is... Uh, it's so funny because you, you send the, the links over to each other and it's got almost like the headline as the link title. So this one is Tourist Accidentally Captures Floating UFO While Taking a Selfie um, on the Sand Dunes of Bilbao in Mexico's Coahuila State. Uh, Ramiro Navarro took a selfie that captured a mysterious saucer-like object soaring in the distance. And this is from the 10th of July. It was reported through the Daily Mirror. He didn't notice the mysterious object in the background of his photo for several weeks. He took the snap while visiting the dunes. He said a few weeks ago, um, when he posted this, 
respect a few weeks ago when i went to the bilbao dunes what do you think they saw me and did not take me away <laughs> a suspected alien aircraft is seen on the horizon in the background <laughs> however before you start yeah so we talk about multiple witnesses one local said ufo of course diane commented here where i live we also saw it so somebody else saw it at the same time so another person wrote i know people nearby who saw it at a local dam several times already um yeah (laughs) so i mean the picture is super ambiguous it's you can't even really tell what's even in the photo but um what's interesting well what is not interesting it doesn't even show you his little photo it says that it was in the background of a selfie yeah the only photo we have is a zoomed in pixelated (laughs) yeah image of the craft and not actually the photo of the guy taking the picture no very strange i'm just on that while we're okay let me i will send it to you now ash oh good i've got it um right here we go and anybody can google these google the guy's name um romero navarro all right okay Ugh, it doesn't do much difference to the <laughs> original photo and it's, what gets me is that these articles make national and international I mean, this is in Mexico and yeah. we got it in the UK's national media and it's literally like a blur, blurry photo of a fly yeah. in someone on, on the beach. Like that's mm-hmm. literally all this picture is. Yeah. But it yeah. makes the papers. Yeah, it's, it's a it's got a different one from coast to coast AM actually. It's again looks like a slightly better picture um here we go uh coast to coast am is always a good i I, it's weird because coast to coast am is where i originally saw the um footage of anthony woods and the ufo stuff from back in the late 90s through ufo magazine and the whole ufo society which Mm. is weird because I used to converse with a guy from the Hull UFO Society randomly. I can't remember the guy's name now. We had emails. He was like, come on up and stay with us. We'll go sky watching. And I never did. And that was like 20 odd years ago, Ash. How weird's that? It wasn't Chris, was it? No, I can't think of the guy's name. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. I can't can't think. I'll have to Google it because it'll be interesting to touch base considering what we do now. Mm -hmm. Ask Chris because he um big part of whole your whole society for, yeah. for years from being yeah. a teenager really. So he'll yeah. know he'll probably know who who bits. Yeah. Okay. Lot. So blurry as always fly photo of a UFO in the background taken on a potato camera. Yeah. Constantly with this the mirror, I am working with a mirror journalist. At the minute, to hopefully get some proper articles in, super rather than these shitty ones. Yeah, obviously you can't help other other reporters that work for the Mirror, but yeah. Okay, look forward to 
we shall see what comes. Awesome. Moving on to a bit of a weird one. Um, it's not weird after it's explained, but the headline grabbed me because all of a sudden, every person in South Korea <laughs> suddenly became a year younger. <laughs> they all gained a year on their life. They all let something magical happened and they all became a year younger. How's that? Pretty weird, pretty weird headline. So yeah. Basically, South Korea was mm-hmm. always had, obviously every country has different years and all this stuff and different calendars, but South Korea has always classed as when you're in the womb, that they take that into account as your age. So if you're okay. in the womb for like nine months or whatever, you're, you're, you are a human. So when you're born, you are one years old. Because you've been in the womb. So whereas we start at zero on the day that you're born, like literally this is the start of your life, they have always classed it as basically being like you, you're one when you're born, basically. And they've recently <laughs> just changed the system to one that basically the rest of the world <laughs> has where you are zero at birth. And then obviously what you want on your first anniversary of your birth. So everyone that was so everyone's just basically lost a year of their life and they're now a year younger in in South Korea. Hmm. How weird. Not only that, there's a couple of really weird points that happen due to the way that they have their system. Go on. So <laughs> the Korean age system <laughs> Basically, you age up on the 1st of January. So, on the 1st so of January, that's your birthday. Every year, you just get a year older and then you're born. Which means if you're born on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. you will turn t- two years old on New Year's Day. <laughs> so, if you've just been born and then it goes into the 1st of January, because you're born, you'd be one the day that yeah. you're born. And New Year's Day, everybody ages up a year. <laughs> so you'd be two years old on your, or basically the first day that <laughs> you're alive. What? So you can see how it's a little bit problematic. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so suppose some mad different age ranges in schools and stuff, I imagine. I don't know. don't know how oh. it. I don't know. <laughs> well, can you imagine, like, just getting old enough to, like, buy booze or go and do something and all of a sudden you're now a year younger and they got to wait another year before you can like go to the shop or to the pub and drink alcohol. Yeah. Well. It's, it's insane. Um, I can see that somebody said I was about to turn 30 next year under a traditional Korean age system, but now I have some more time earned and I love it. Uh, this person who's 27. <laughs> I thought I was going to be 30 next year. Now he's 27. <laughs> wow. I like that. That's, that's a good story. Good find, Ash. Yeah, that's what that was there. Uh... It deserves a spot on this episode. Yeah, he reminds me of a mate I used to have. A first started. Well, he lived 
on the same street as me growing up. He's a couple of years younger. And he used to work in a petrol station. It's like my first job when I was 18. One of my first jobs. And he used to come in. And he, he was only like 15 at the time. Yeah. He used to come in. I would, I would sometimes let him buy some cigs and no one else was in the shop. Because the legal age was 16 at the time. He'd, he'd smoked like, since he'd been a teenager. And then he was turning 16. And he's like, finally, I'd be able to actually buy cigs like myself. <laughs> and then they put the age up to 18. <laughs> for cigarettes <laughs> and he had to think fuck's sake I got to wait another two years before I can legally buy cigarettes so I was like yeah tough like that <laughs> that just reminded well, me then of, of that happening to well me. back in the it's 80s Ash you used to be able to go to a shop with a letter and buy cigarettes for your parents even like we're we're not even teenagers so we could be single figure age and go and buy cigarettes that's how it was back then. Mm. <laughs> how things change. Good. <laughs> how do you follow that? Well, in fact, I'm going to... We've talked about Oxfordshire. So let's talk about yeah. Oxfordshire again. Okay. Kind of. Gone. So it was reported in Daily Star this week in the UK. Obviously, Daily Star. Basically, it's about crop circles and the place most likely to have crop circles in the UK without cheating. Greg, where would you say? Wiltshire. Yep, by far. Primarily, yeah. By far. So since 2005, according to UKCropCircles.co.uk. What? Okay, so I'm going to go off a tangent here because this is something a little bit personal for me, is that this data, so basically the article is, based, is named another website that uses information from UK Crop Circles who do the work, who do the gathering. This same website used UFO identifiers data and then all the newspapers referenced this website rather than us oh. who actually had the data and all the work you probably remember a few months ago oh yeah um, so they've done the same with uk crop circles that call it uk so i'm not going to talk about your website i'm going to talk about uk crop circles because they're the one that have done the work and yeah got all the information so according to uk crop circles that call it uk there's been 380 crop circles in wiltshire since 2005 wow so we are in the middle of crop circle season now. It yep. Usually starts around April time, doesn't it, when the crops well, when the crops start coming in. Yeah. So three hundred eighty just in Wiltshire. That's insane. And Wiltshire's not massive, but yes. Yeah, I love it. If I find out there's one close to me, I'll go and try and find it. Um it's it's definitely <sighs> I don't know. I've seen Ray Santilli's video footage of crop circles mm. where there's two of them that spin around north and this crop circle appears. But then I've been inside the jellyfish one and that was massive. I don't know how anybody would do it without being able to see it from the sky. And this is before drones are commercially available. Yeah, they are very good. Um, mm. Second... So that's the mud place where you most likely see yeah. crop circles. Second is Hampshire, okay, so a little bit yeah. more south towards the coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they only had fifty one, 
So they're in second place with 51. We had 380. So a massive increase. And then yeah. third was Oxfordshire. Yeah. Neighbouring Wiltshire. Yeah, we're very, just down the road. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we know, let's say the vast majority of these are obviously human made. Mm-hmm. There are documentary the people that go out and make them. Yep. So this is over 18 year period. There's been 380. Just in Wiltshire. Yeah. So is that is there lots of people doing this? Is it one group that coordinate and get them out there? Why why Wiltshire? Why why do you think that is? Wiltshire, you've got places like Avebury, Stonehenge. Um it's quite a spiritual place. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably lends itself to the mystery of why these people are making them. And I know there are gangs that go out and make them. And to be fair, they need a pat on the back because some of the artwork is amazing, really. Mm. It is, it's art, it is. I mean, it is and it's artwork. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Wiltshire is quite a mysterious place anyway. Um, like I say, you've got a lot of historical sites in Wiltshire. You've got Swindon as well. What more can I say? Um <laughs> And Wiltshire is literally just down the road from me. But then just this side of the border is Whitehorse Hill, mm. which um, uh, Uffington, which is in Oxfordshire, um, which is historically um, quite a, I, don't, I want to say supernatural. It's not supernatural, but like a, a, an energized sort of area. There's been lots of things happen over the years. And two of the crop circles that I've seen have been one in front of white horse and one behind it. So yeah, it's, we're quite spiritual around here, Ash. That's why. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they look good. Um, That's it. Some of them look amazing and you just, it's, it's, a fascinating thing. I do like them. Whether or not there's anything to them being anything other than people, I don't know. But I've got loads of photographs of ones that crops that I've taken photographs of that have like fused at a right angle. So they're not bent. Well, they kind of are, but they're actually got like the, the node is forcing it to grow sideways. So it's not. I don't know. It's all weird. It's all weird. I, it's one of those ones that's always fascinated me, but nobody can ever give me a definitive answer as to what it is. And it's a bit weird that it's all down south. We're looking at this top 10 list, mm-hmm. and the nearest north I can see is Lincolnshire, which yeah. isn't that far north. That's more Midlands. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's nothing it's... north of that. I think there's lots, I mean... Yorkshire's got lots of farms and land. Mm-hmm. Scotland has, so how come there's not yeah. people up there making them? Why is it all mainly south? Yeah, that's a good show because you've got Dorset in at four, number four. Somerset. I thought Somerset would be a bit higher up, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is it aliens? Might be some of it. Yeah. It'd be nice to think it was. It would. I think, yeah, there is some, I I believe that. Yeah. 
Somehow. It would be a shame if not. Yeah. That's what I'll, I'll go with. It would be a shame. Uh, long-lasting enigma. That's been obviously always been related to E.T. and crafts visiting us and leaving messages for us, which is <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Nice little messages. It's quite a romantic thing again, isn't it, that they create all these shapes for us to look at and it means something to yeah oh that's cool i like that one why one stood at the ufos is one that's i think this was late last night i first saw this one and it's a little bit annoying it's got a bit of media coverage again today uh, with the the hacker group anonymous Ugh. coming out and saying they're gonna uncover the truth about ufos and that yeah. the US have got to kept this spacecraft and they're now going to uncover the truth. It's like, fuck off, Anonymous. <laughs> don't jump on the bandwagon. Like A lot of people have done a lot of work, put a lot of pressure to get us to where we are now with the government doing this. You can't now jump on the bandwagon and be like, we're going to get this closure. You can just fuck right off. That's what, yeah. that's what my first thought was when I saw it. <laughs> so where have you been? That. Yeah, but then so, you've got the famous hacker, Gary McKinnon, who claims that he has seen evidence of craft and files on government U.S. government websites, and is still trying to get him over there now as extradited. Um, and then he claims he didn't actually hack; he just went up to their PCs online, however you do it, and that they weren't even password protected. <laughs> So he didn't hack anything, he just accessed it. Yeah, I did see that in, it's just like, oh God. If you ever want a story to get brought to its knees, it's anonymous coming out and doing stuff. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that then. Yeah, so I quickly mentioned that one while it was very sort of in the news today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, jumping on the bandwagon for me. Like, buddy. Not, no, I'm not going to go on a rant, so I'm not even going to start. No. I'll end up going on a rant, so let's move on. <laughs> one of them that I did like that you sent me was um, a mysterious object that washed up on the Australian coast could be space junk, officials say. A cylindrical object about the size of a small car washed up on a remote Australian beach. Uh, This is from this morning, actually. Uh, It's space junk from a foreign rocket. But I saw the photo and it it does look like it could be from a spacecraft. Awesome. Yeah. it, it was off, uh, discovered at Greenhead, about 250 kilometres north of Perth late on Sunday. So this is breaking news. Interestingly, they say it could be from a foreign space launch vehicle. Yeah. But they haven't said, well, it, it could be from an Indian rocket, apparently, whilst launching a satellite. Um. And that they're pretty sure it's an upper stage engine from an Indian rocket that's used for lots of different missions. But, but nobody has actually said, yes, this is what it is. What I thought was a little bit 
weird or maybe surprising maybe for someone who doesn't have any sort of technical knowledge whatsoever so yep. I'm not going to tend to be a rocket scientist and know how rockets work or anything like this uh, but it's got the uh, where's that quote now Oh, yeah, so the Australian Space Agency said it was liaising with other space agencies to identify the object, which appears to be partly made of a woven material. Oh. They wouldn't have expected something that's flying into space to be like a... Upholstered. Yes, like, <laughs> like, a, like a clothing, woven... Like, when you think of woven material, you think of like cotton, wool, yeah, something like that. Like You wouldn't think that a rocket would be... No. Made of a woven material. Actually, that's just me with no, uh, maybe, not maybe at all expertise in this. It's the interior of the spacecraft was a velour sort of material. <clears throat> yeah, it's weird that is that they talk. Hmm. It says it could be the upper stage engine, which so there's going to be no. I mean, maybe it's some type of insulation inside it. Could be. But then wouldn't that sound fire if it's... I don't know. I'm just absolutely total guest balling <laughs> what a rocket is made out yeah. of. Interestingly, and it's not something that I'd thought about, but does make sense. It says that there is a United Nations office for outer space affairs and they have an outer space treaty that everyone assigns saying that whoever launches something into space is responsible for it right until the very end. So... Whoever's got it, whoever launched it's got to come and get it at some point. Huh. So, but I suppose you probably do want uh, an international treaty so people can't just do whatever they want and obliterate stuff in space. But hmm. Yeah, that's quite... Yeah, intriguing. And the photo's really good. If you, if you Google the photo... And you can see it. It does look quite kind of weird, weird thing to see on the beach. Anyway, definitely, definitely. There was one more I was going to briefly mention. Yep. So this is. Let me guess. Gone. Is there anything to do with a? Circular shape. How, how did you even? I like. I didn't even link this onto you, did I? It is on there, but oh, it was what it doesn't say what it is. But um, I just assumed that we might get down that route because I don't think we're going to discuss it next week because we're going to have too much to yep. talk about. It probably needs covering a little bit. So I thought we could briefly mention it. But what? So Ross Coulthard. Yep. Man of the moment. So. I love his book. I've got it behind. I've got it. I've got it as well. Um, there and but recently, I don't know what's going on. It's like just getting more and more outlandish. I don't know what the <laughs> going down that way, and I don't know what to think about it. Is it? Like what happens with lots of things that it you there is a requirement that if you're gonna stay relevant that you have to continue posting new content 
as such. Whether that content is less or more likely to be the truth is open to interpretation. But you can dangle little carrots every now and again to keep yourself in the media headline. And like you say, Ross Coulthard has, has got a decent career behind him. But... And I, I used to love seeing what he was going to be on, listening to his interviews on podcasts and his own podcasts that need to know. Yeah. Um, but now when I see his name, I'm like, like, what? I'm like, what's this going to be now? Like, what? What? Because he obviously did the, the David Gush interview. Yeah. Um, with that, and then he kind of went, changes appeared to change his mind a little bit, and then on on David Gush and the claims. Yeah. And then now he's got this um, claim that basically a non-human craft is hidden beneath a purpose-built because they couldn't move it, so they built up a big building around this crashed spaceship. Um, And he knows where it is, but he can't tell us. Um, So whether it's it's going off, obviously, his sources and just pointing it out, but he says it in a matter-of-fact way. And like basically, yeah, he, he knows where this UFO, well, the UFO, this space yep. crash spaceship is. And um, the people have found this building in South Korea uh, on Google, on Earth Google. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's just a big circle object. Um, this could be it because he said it wasn't in um, in America; it was outside of America. I just like, <sighs> come on, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'd. <laughs> You have to wonder why people would put out that kind of information. Because, again, it's, in my mind, you can't back it up. You can't provide any evidence of it or any proof of what you're saying. So people have either got to accept what you're saying is truth or not. And your your only hope is based on your previous interviews that people accept that what you're saying is, is the truth. But it's a very quick way to lose credibility and like I said, I, I I don't know how I think about it because I'm going on the way where I'm like, I I, I don't want it to be like that with yeah. Ross because I, I have loved this stuff and like the last couple of years it's really come out and well smashed it really. Yeah. And then this stuff comes out and then it seems to be more and more a bit like, come on. Like, yeah. Come out and saying, "I know exactly where it is." Like, tell us. <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell? Because you know, you know what people are like. You know what people are gonna react. How people are gonna react to it, and it's just literally like say carrot dangling, mm-hmm. and then stepping back. It, I don't know. It keeps you in the spotlight for long enough until you can drop that le- next little bit of nugget of information. I don't know. Well, like, don't know. his Grush stuff is very new, so it's like not like he needs to keep himself relevant because he is still relevant. And then... Yeah, and he has been up until the Grush interview as well. It's not like mm-hmm. he's just come out of nowhere. He might have to a lot of people, but it's not in like the community, no. Ori Geller trying to keep himself relevant. Fucking like, Posting fake videos constantly on Twitter. I asked him to come on the podcast, <laughs> and publicly he said... No, and somebody called him out and said, you're quite rude then. 
His Twitter is just... That was insane, mate. He's got like his purpose-built bloody studio in his house or something like that. Yeah, he's like, look at this fake video behind me of a UFO. Yeah, his sort of setup reminds me of Alex Jones, like the full presenting suite and everything like that. That's another interesting character to talk about. Alex Jones. Interdimensional. Um blood drinking demons that work with the elites and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of Patreon okay. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other side of the, the podcast. So, yeah, some interesting stories there, Ash. I like that. bit of weird light, light yeah. entertainment there. And on a bit of a downer, uh, yeah. I guess. Just, I say, no, like, no harshness against Ross. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how I feel about it. That's, I guess that's the. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Across. But the question is, and it was one that I heard on Weaponized podcast, which again, it's one of the, they're, they're, they're the people that people very divisive. And Jeremy Corbell asked George Knapp that if he knew everything about what was going on, like, if we had crashed, recovered the craft, or that, everything, if you knew the truth, would you tell people? And George Knapp was like, I don't know if I would. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, it's interesting, because if you knew everything, how would you even start to get it out there? Because you come straight out and say, I know everything there is about UFOs and aliens. and Like this guy on UAP Max. Website. Yeah, because yeah, you're going to get called out. People will not believe it. And then you can go on, you used to be able to go on Twitter and like unpublish a tweet and then down the line you could publish it and it'd still be on the original date. So you could make loads of predictions of score lines of football games, for example, and say, look, I, I said about this two years ago, something like that. So it's it's a crazy world we live in, Ash, and these weird stories make it even more interesting, I think. It does. It does. This weird world. <laughs> weird people. Uh, and let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. It might be about to get even more weirder. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's all true. Maybe we do find out where this spaceship and the building built around it and the, the Gansey are here and are going to kill us all if we mess with them. Who knows? We shall find it's, out next week. It's, it's just as likely as anything else, I suppose. <laughs> cool. A nice one. That was always going to be an interesting episode, so I hope everybody found that as yeah. amusing as we did and light-hearted for what is going to be some serious conversations coming up. Yep, definitely. Cool. Speak to you soon, Ash. See you later. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg.